Now, this is going to be totally up to you guys. We could either end the service right now, or you guys can give me 20 minutes. You tell me. Okay, hallelujah. You gave me your permission, so don't get mad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I do feel like God wants to share something with us today, so I'm just going to do my best uh, to share what I feel is on my heart. I'm going to have to share it kind of quickly, so I might not hit everything I want to hit, but I feel like faith is going to rise in hearts today for some stuff that we need in Jesus' name. And I'm already excited about what God has already done, but man, how many know that God does exceedingly above all that we can ask, hope, or even think about? So sometimes when we feel like, man, a lot of good stuff happened today, well, God says, well, I got a little more if you're ready for it. Amen? Don't ever choke out the blessing of God. Meaning, What do I mean by that? Well, Jeff, you're telling me that I could choke out the blessing of God? Well, the Bible says that Jesus was incapable of doing great works in a certain town because of their unbelief. They looked at him as a familiar person, and because they looked at him as a familiar person, they had all the right language. They believed in God. They knew the Torah, and they were, quote, unquote, children of God after the lineage of Abraham. But because they saw a man that was just another man born of another man, they didn't put eyes on him that through the anointing that God had more for them. So because of that, Jesus didn't do great works. He just healed some of their sick. Well, I believe today that we're in a house that doesn't just look at men as men, but looks at the anointing of God and is pulling on more today in Jesus' name. Do I have any believers in the house today? Can we pull on more today from heaven? Hallelujah. I'm not trying to hype you up. What I'm trying to get you to see is that your expectation can open up a realm of revelation that can actually baptize you afresh and open up, if I could say it like this, a brand new window in your life that you could step into and you could walk in a new realm with God that maybe you didn't walk in yesterday. Amen? Revelation literally opens your eyes to see something you've never seen before, or maybe it reminds you of something you forgot. Is anybody here today? Sometimes we need to get reminded of things we've forgotten, and other times we need to have revelation come that we've never seen. Amen? So I believe, some. Uh, I'm going to go over something today real quick, and I believe that some of you are going to be reminded, and some of you are going to have fresh revelation. Amen? Are we together? All right. Hallelujah. And feel free to shout me down, give an amen, say, oh, come on, preach it, Jesus. You know, just, just let it rip today. Sometimes you, need to, sometimes you need to say something to know that you have faith for something. Oh, Lord, help the faith in the room today. Sometimes you need to say something to realize yourself that you have faith for something. But just make sure who you're talking to it about is the right source. Make sure who you're about to reveal what's in your heart is there to agree with you and not be against you. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, so if we could open up, if you want to, uh, if you have your... If, if you have your own Bibles, 2 Kings chapter 4. I love 2 Kings. I love uh, Elijah and Elisha. I just love how God used prophets of old where the Holy Spirit would fall and they did awesome miracles. And I love seeing how the miracles were brought about because I think sometimes there's revelation that we skip over. We just look at certain things. We don't realize that there were certain steps that were taken by the vessels that received, and I believe that sometimes that can give us keys on how to receive in our own life or even how to walk into breakthrough in our own life. So that's why I like sometimes seeing the shadow 
because the shadow brings an understanding to things that were to come. Amen? So in the Old Testament, is a shadow of things, but now we have a brand new covenant under the blood of Jesus, but God is still the same, meaning that sometimes you can actually see what was once a shadow get revealed to you in a light that actually allows you to increase faith in your heart when you see it through the revelation of Jesus. Amen? I was thinking about something today, and has anybody ever looked through, uh, like, a telescope or, like, uh, you know, those old-school things where they, like, collapse and you can extend them? It's not a telescope, but just, like, binoculars, but just the singular, the singular one. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Like, not binoculars where it's two eyes, but the singular one. And I, re- and I just thought about this today, and I was, like, I was blown away by it because I'm, like, I never thought about it like that. But I just feel like it's, you know, something that maybe can help you a little bit because this is what helps me. Do you realize that when you look through the right side of that, I'll call it a telescope because I don't know what the other word for it, unless somebody knows the word for it, periscope. What is it? Binocular? Because that's two. I'm talking about the one. Oh, minocular. Uh, I just learned something. Thank you for the revelation. Bless God. Preach it, Dwayne, in Jesus' name. Just showing you how to respond. Hallelujah. So, so uh, um, when you look through the minocular, there's two sides. Are we together? There's two sides. One side, if you look, can bring closer to you what's far away, but the other side, if you look, will push something way further away than its actual distance. When, when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, this isn't part of what I want to preach to you, but I just thought about this today, and I thought I'd share it with you. Sorry. You said give him, I got 20 minutes, so I'm going to work them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say work it. All right, hallelujah. When you look out of the wrong side of the monocular, something that is only this far away can seem almost twice the distance. But when you look out of the correct side of the monocular, something that is only this far away will seem even closer than it appears. Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration And Moses and Elijah showed up in the midst of them. And then Peter said, Lord, it's good that we create an altar, both for Moses and Elijah, because something has happened here today. We had an encounter, not just with you, God, but we had an encounter with Moses, the law, and Elijah, the prophets. The Old Testament. Everything is hinged on the law and the prophets. It's the foundation of the Old Testament. And the father did something interesting in that moment. He said, this is my son, hear him. So what Peter was doing in a moment was, was, wasn't bad. He was acknowledging the fact that Moses and Elijah showed up, and he's like, man, this is good. Like Jesus having an encounter with Moses and Elijah, and we're like up here with Jesus, and, and, and this is awesome, and man, we should like make a memorial because that's what they're used to doing when God would show up in certain ways But the father did something different that changed everything. He said, this is my son, hear him. And this is is what God spoke to me, and I I feel like this is a, a word for now. Sometimes what we're trying to do is find God in the old and make that bring revelation to the new, rather than coming through the revelation of the new Jesus and letting him explain the old. 
And so in our life, we feel like we're looking from the old and we're going, God, why do all these promises seem so far off? Why does this breakthrough seem so far off? Why does everything I'm praying for seem so far off? And God says, just change your perspective and look through the right lens of the monocular and what you're reaching for is right at hand. Because Jesus said, repent for the kingdom is at hand. Where's the kingdom? It's in you. The kingdom is not outside, it's inside. And so that's why Jesus literally is showing us that if we'll believe, because a lot of people don't believe correctly, they actually think, oh, that was just Jesus. But do you realize that Jesus showed how to live the Christian life as a son of God, as a man, filled with the Holy Ghost? Do we have any men and women in the house today filled with the Holy Ghost? So your model for living is not the prophets or Moses. Your model for living is Jesus. Because Jesus said, whatever I'm doing, these things you'll do, but also greater. So guess where the bar is set? At the ceiling of Jesus now has become your floor. Somebody say launch pad. Come on, 2019 is going to be a launch pad year for you. 2019 is going to be a year I, I got a word, uncontainable favor. You can't walk in uncontainable favor if you don't even understand that the grace and mercy of God has been sent into your life and it set you free from the law so that you can now walk in the ministry of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5. Behold, you have become a new creation. The King James says, a new creature. Somebody say creature. Do you realize that if you look at creation... There's some things that you can create and they could be similar to another creation, right or wrong. But if you make a new creature, that changes everything. Let me, let me make it make more sense like this. Would you agree that a painting that's painted in red and a painting that's painted in blue are both creations of the artists? Would you agree with that? Would you agree that they're two different paintings? So you have two paintings, both two different pictures that the creator, the artist, created. But when you look at them, you don't look at them as completely different. What you look at them as is, oh, that's painting number one from the artist, and that's painting number two. And that's how some people look at their life in salvation. They look at their life as oh, I have before Jesus, and now this is just me after Jesus with Holy Spirit coming in, but I'm still that before Jesus person, but I just have the after Jesus belief. No, 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 no. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, those that are in Christ have become a new creature. So let me paint it like this. That's not a pun, by the way. Would you agree with me that an elephant and an ant are two different creatures? Oh, you once were an ant, baby, but now you're an elephant. Oh, hallelujah. Still need to lose some weight in the natural, but God bless it. I'm big in the spirit. Now, can you imagine, and I'm not being, please hear me, I'm not trying to be crude. Can you imagine an elephant and an ant trying to procreate and create something? No, it ain't happening. I'm not being crude. What I'm just trying to get you to understand something is that if you still see yourself through the wrong side of the monocular, you will not procreate in the kingdom. For everyone will create seed after his own kind. And if you don't realize that you have been made a brand new creature, 
You once were an ant, but now you're an elephant. By the way, that's not a prophetic word over you. No one's going to change into an elephant in the house. And God's not calling you an elephant. It's for, it's for your imagination to be unlocked so you can see, oh, my gosh, I was an ant that could not fulfill, carry, pull, be seen, nothing that an elephant can do. But by the grace and the mercy of God Almighty, not that I can boast in my own works and build myself up to be strong enough to be an elephant. No, God came in, and through the blood of Jesus and the sacrificial giving of the finished work of the cross, he died so that my sin can be paid, and I can now become the righteousness of God because he became sin, two different creatures. You were sin, and now you've become the righteousness of God. Do you see this? And anybody that doesn't believe me, read 2 Corinthians. It's a good, it's a good one, chapter 5. So this has nothing to do, well, it kind of maybe has something to do with my message because it's the gospel, hallelujah. <laughs> but I wanted somebody to be awakened to something right now because if the enemy can get you to look out the wrong lens, you'll look into a mirror and forget what Jesus did for you and called you to. You'll look in the mirror of the word. And you'll read it and you'll go, man, I can cast out devils. Man, I can raise the dead. Man, I could speak in new tongues. Man, I could see my family saved. Man, I could start a business and it's going to be blessed because I have the favor of the Lord. Man, I've been set free from all the sin in my life. And then you walk away from that mirror and you have a thought in your head that battles that thought that you were just having a minute ago when you were looking in the mirror and you go, man, I don't know if God loves me. Man, I don't know if God is for me. Man, I don't know if God's really with me because I prayed for that sick person and they're still sick. But a minute ago when you looked in the mirror of the word, you saw your true self. It was the reflection of Jesus Christ. First John says, for as he is, somebody say is, so are we in this world. People are waiting for the resurrection and Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. See, people are waiting for the rapture. They're waiting to be resurrected in their glorified body. Why not get your glorified body right now, baby? Why not get raptured today? I like, anybody know Bob Jones? He was talking about raptures, and he's like, oh, yeah, I, go, I, I get raptured every day. And somebody's like, what the heck are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I have my raptures every day. I go up and be with the Father. And people get tripped out by that. Be like, but by faith, you just entered into the Holy of Holies? Yeah, that's what the word says. Come boldly and approach the throne of grace with confidence knowing that he's going to hear every petition of your heart where do you think the throne of grace is it's right in front of bob jones because he got raptured today and just walked up there it was like father i thank you that the blood of jesus made a way and the veil has been torn the veil being his flesh because his body had been broken so i can walk through and i'm covered in the blood that's on the mercy seat and now i'm a son of god and i was sin but now i become the righteousness of god in christ jesus come on faith is rising in your heart right now whether you're shouting me down or not i don't give a flip Oh, hallelujah. See, I don't need your amen. You need your amen because when you say amen, you say, so be it. I don't need your amen. I already decided, so be it for me. You need your amen because you need to decide, so be it for my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, baby. Laszlo. Hallelujah. Laszlo sounds like another name in the Bible, Lazarus. 
Come forth, Laszlo, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That's a word for you and your family. Come forth in Jesus' name. I believe God's taking you out of hiding and he's bringing you into the light in a way that you guys have never known before. I believe that there's favor and there's breakthrough like you didn't know. There are things that you wore before that the enemy placed on you, but God is saying untangle him and walk forward because he is alive. <clears throat> I just had to give Laszlo a word right now because, man, I got blessed by that fish you gave to Robert the other night. We were hanging out. We were eating that fish. That was glorious. Hallelujah. I like fish. Oh, I might as well say something that I was going to say, huh? <laughs> I just love the Holy Ghost. Does anybody love the Holy Ghost? I love the Spirit of God so much. Do you realize that the God that we serve on the earth right now is Holy Spirit? And sometimes we're pushing him to the side and we're trying to put him in a box and we're trying to keep him all tidy and fresh and clean. And we're like, God, you know, don't mess up everything because if you mess up everything, everything's going to get messed up. No, if he messes up everything, it might actually start working right. Because the way you built it is pretty messed up. The way I built it is pretty messed up. So if he's going to mess something up, I say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Because the puzzle might finally look right in Jesus' name. Amen? I want the Holy Spirit to be in control. He's in, he, he already is in control. I might as well agree with that so I can see it happen in my life. Amen? Hallelujah. So uh, I'm going to quickly in 10 minutes, uh, how many minutes have I already taken? I, I, I was promised 20, so I, I maybe it took 10 or 11. All right. Second <clears throat> Kings 4. Is everybody there? I want to quickly share something because I believe that this year we need to see your promise be resurrected so we can see the promise of God in Huntington Beach, in Orange County, in your family, in your workplace, in your friendships. Amen? I believe that, that the enemy has been attacking the promise of God over your life. And I want to read to you some scriptures from the old, but looking through the right monocular, through the new, and seeing that if you'll just believe it, you're about to receive it, and some other people are going to be able to eat off your table that you're receiving from. In Jesus' name. 2 Kings chapter 4, I'm going to read quickly about the Shunammite son. Hallelujah. And if you see me bobbing my head, it's just because I feel like power is flowing through me right now. So I'm like, I don't know where to do with it. So it's like, I got to work it out right now in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. <clears throat> the enemy has been fighting my promise. That's why I'm, I'm fired up right now. See, when you are going through a battle, you will start to see the power of God when you are releasing faith in the right things. And some of us, we've been backing down with the fight that we've been going through and we've been keeping it quiet or we've been keeping ourselves quiet and we've been backing down when the enemy has been out in the field and he's been just making a, a, a terror of all kinds of words and all types of accusations and God is wanting to raise you back into a place where you believe the same promise that you believed in the beginning when he told you. That you start to see what he promised you is actually capable of being fulfilled and no longer a distant memory. Or something far in the future. I'm gonna quickly talk about the Shunammite woman or Shunammite son, and then we're gonna go something somewhere real quick. <coughs> Hallelujah. I'm gonna read from verse 11. It said, And it happened one day that he came there. This is talking about Elisha, and he turned into the upper room. I love upper room worship. Hallelujah. Anybody get blessed by upper room worship? Man, they've tapped into something, and, and, and I, I just think it's awesome. I just love just authentic worship that is just releasing the fire and power of God. Upper room. This made me think about upper room. Hallelujah. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. 
When he had called her, she stood before him, and he said to him, Say now to her, Look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. Basically, she was saying, you know, I have everything I need. So he said, what then is to be done for her? Guys, I want to tell you something. Just like Sue came in. Sue's still here. Hallelujah. Bless you, Sue. Just like sometimes we don't know what God has prepared for us, and we don't know the prayer to say, and we're even so humble that we're like, God, I don't want anything from you. I got everything that I need. Hallelujah. By the way, I love that song we sang uh, today, which said, Jesus, you're all I need. That's right. But sometimes, isn't it weird how we have a little false humility about stuff like that? We're like, oh, no, I don't want to make, you know, God have any trouble. He created you. You're literally held by his breath right now. You think he can't supply all your needs according to his riches and glory? You know what I mean? Speak up and say something. Hallelujah. Come on. Believe in the promise again. But I wanted to point this out to you. Elisha, a man, when the Shunammite woman said, no, I'm good. I dwell among my own people. You don't need to talk to the king. You don't need to talk to anybody. He pushed further, and he talked with his servant. He's like, how can we just bless this woman? Because she has blessed us. And that's the heart of God over you. That the heart of God is that even when you don't believe that you're ready to receive, God's like, how do I get something to Karina's house? Hallelujah. He's like, how can we get something into your house that is going to bless you? How can we get something into her life that we can bless you? And you know what's interesting is Elisha, a prophet speaking on behalf of God, spoke to his servant. So how do you think he's going to get it to you? By another man. Because the prophets are the servants of God. They're the messengers. And so God, Elisha sitting in that place, is going to speak to men. And just as you have given of your life and just as you have given in your, uh, your tithes and your offerings, the Bible says that pressed down, shaken together, men shall give into your bosom. God's going to use other people to bless you. Amen? God's looking for a way to bless you, not just with riches, not just with money, but with opportunity, with, with ministry opportunity, with business opportunity, with relationship opportunity. Do you, know that, do you know that we all need to be in good relationships? I'm not just talking about marriage. Bless God. Thank you for my wife. But hallelujah, I'm not married yet. I'm just prophesying. I speak those things that are not as though they are in Jesus' name. But, but we need to understand that God is such a good God that even when we're not asking for stuff, he's trying to figure out how to get stuff to us. Jesus. And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son. And her husband is old. So the physical calculation of her life, well, she has no son and her husband's old, meaning that the only way that we're going to bless her with what she really needs is we need a miracle. We were singing that song today, miracle working God. But sometimes, isn't it weird how we believe for miracles for other people, but sometimes believing for our miracle is so much harder? Why is that? Because you don't hear the voice in their head. All you hear is the Father's voice speaking to you about their heart. But what you're dealing with is both the voice of the Father speaking to your heart and the voice of the enemy where the battlefield is the mind. So that's why sometimes you're believing for everybody else to be blessed and to be healed and to be delivered. But God, I guess this is my thorn in the flesh. Who told you that? Who told you that is my question. It sounds to me like a serpent floating around in the grass among some weeds. 
What I believe is I believe that sometimes it's harder for us to get from God for ourselves and believe long enough because it's easier to believe for somebody else because we don't have the battle of the voice that's in their head. We only have the battle of the voice that's in ours. we got to take authority. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. That's why you need to take every thought captive and the things that don't line up with the knowledge of God in your life, you need to make those things come into the obedience of the Lord and Savior that saved you, Jesus Christ. You need to make those things get into a headlock and tap out until they shut their ugly voice. So Elisha said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. And she had a lot of faith for this, huh? You're like, man, I just, if I could just get in more faith, then God would finally do something. <clears throat> okay. This is Old Testament, by the way. What I'm trying to get you to do is look from the wrong way. And then look into the right way. I'm trying to show you something. But the woman conceived. Oh, my goodness. She, out of her own mouth, spoke to Elisha and said, no, my Lord, don't lie to me. Basically, she heard the promise that she was going to be set free in the front. And then instead of responding, she stood back and be like, no, not going to happen with me. And the next year, because of the word of the Lord, she conceived the son. <laughs> that flipping blows my head. I don't know about you. And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to a servant, carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. Man, I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life, God has promised me things. Sometimes in my life, God has spoken to me about things, whether it be from another man of God or just me having intimacy with the Lord and him speaking to me. And then as soon as my promise was about to bear fruit in the field with the reapers, all of a sudden it seemed like it died and it disappeared. Am I talking to anybody? Am I the only one? Like, man, I was really believing for that thing. And God gave it to me. And then, oh, my gosh, that ministry opportunity or, oh, my gosh, that relationship or, oh, my gosh, uh, that job, that business, that breakthrough in finances. And then, man, right when I was going to start seeing the harvest, the harvest of it, of the promise I was going to see the harvest, I had the baby. I, I birthed something that God said I was going to birth. But then as soon as it was about to bring harvest with the reapers in the field, it cried out, my head, my head, and then it died. I wonder who in this room has things that God promised you, and right when they were about to see the greatest year of harvest, the enemy came in and stole and brought death to your house rather than you seeing the fullness of the harvest. I wonder. I know it's happened to me, but the story doesn't end there. I'm going to give you a key on what to do when the promise of God that was spoken over you that you didn't have enough faith for, that you didn't believe the word when it came, and then the son was born. It was birth. The promise came out. When all that stuff comes to fruition, and man, you were riding high on the hog when it was there. You were like, God gave me a son. I'm so excited. But then when the biggest harvest was about to come in with the promise of that son, when it was going to start working out all the things that God had promised with having the son and the fruition of all that things, right then it died. I'm going to show you what to do on the other side of that. You ready? Come on. 
So he said to the servant, carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat her on knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. Key number one, do not sulk when your promise seems like it's dead. Do not sulk. Do not get in despair. Do not cry your eyes out for weeks and months and years on end about, oh my gosh, if there would have just happened this way or if it would have just came this way or if that one thing would have not happened, then I would have the promise of God. Key number one, do not sulk. It's fine to hold your promise in your knees on your lap and hold on to it. And when it dies, feel the despair in the moment, but do not stay in despair. Stay in hope. Stay in faith. She said, see, a woman that everybody else was standing around heard that didn't seem like she had a lot of faith, man, she had some faith. Because what did she say when the promise died? She said to her husband, please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run. Somebody say run to the man of God and come back. She then prophesied. Key number two, don't sulk. Key number, or key number one, don't sulk. Key number two, speak to the death and command it to come back alive. Resurrection power. For the power of death and life is in the tongue, and those that love it will eat of its fruit. That's Proverbs for you. You got to love the word of God so much that when the promise of God is about to die in your life, you don't stay in despair and depression. You step right out of darkness back into the light of his glory and you say, this promise shall live. It will not die in Jesus name. You prophesy. Call those things that are not as though they are. By the way, if anybody's wondering, I didn't actually write these keys beforehand. All I have in my notes is 2 Corinthians uh, or 2 Kings 4. So Holy Spirit says give me these keys as I'm reading right now. So I feel like that's going to be more powerful for you. I wish I would have wrote these. God, that would have been smart if I would have wrote the keys down before. It would have been easier. But God's just giving to me as we run and, and machine gun it right now. Hallelujah. All right. <clears throat> run, man of God, that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the new Sabbath. Key number, what are we on? Three. Don't follow the traditions of your fathers. Follow the Holy Spirit. Tradition is not going to get you the breakthrough. The fire of God is going to get you the breakthrough. Being led by the Holy Spirit. Who are the sons of God? But those that are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. We don't know where they're going or where they're coming from. They're like the wind, baby. They just blow in and then they blow out. Oh, that's a word for the dwelling place house. They just blow out. They get all blown in the Holy Ghost. Woo! <laughs> Got to have a little fun. So what, what was key number three? Don't follow tradition. Follow the Spirit. The Spirit's leading. What is the Spirit telling you? What is the Holy Spirit revealing to you in the moment When you had despair come, then you prophesied, and then now God's going to tell you, here's the plan. Here's the plan. Don't follow tradition, because if you notice in this scripture, the husband was like, it's neither new moon or the Sabbath. What is he saying? He's saying that, why are you going to see a man of God? This isn't the normal time that we traditionally go to see a man of God. The traditions of men make of ill effect, no power, the gospel. See, 
When we follow only the traditions of our, of our forefathers, meaning that we look at religion or we look at like uh, uh, some type of systematic way of thinking, it is fine to give honor to what has had breakthrough in the past. But if you don't hear the Holy Ghost today for what he's planned for you today, for what he's saying today, then the formula will look good, but it just won't bring the power. You got to hear the Holy Ghost. You got to hear the Spirit of God. Amen. All right, new moon or Sabbath. And she said, it is well. Key number four, no matter what you're feeling, say, it is well. It is well with my soul. You guys remember that song? It is well with my soul. That's Psalms 103. When David's talking to his soul. He's saying to his soul, he's saying, forget not all the benefits of the Lord who removes all my iniquities, heals all my diseases. Sometimes you got to speak to your soul. It is well, this is the key, speak to yourself. So in that key, what's going to happen is yourself is going to try and talk yourself out of what you're believing for yourself. So in that moment, speak to yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. It is well. <laughs> and the, the key that you can attribute to that as well or put after that is you're also going to say it is well to those that are around you that are not in agreement with you. That's the next key. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant Gehazi, look, the Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, interestingly enough, it is well. Now, my question to you is, was it well with her child? But was she lying? No, she was in faith. She was not lying. She was in faith. Next key, don't let logic reason you out of faith. <clears throat> this is all having to do with seeing your promise fulfilled even after it's come and it's died. And you can see the resurrection power of the Lord at the end. Is this helping anybody? I'm going to wrap this up in just a couple of minutes and then we'll be done. But really, we're just getting started. Because everybody's going to walk out of here. It is well with my. And she answered, it is well. Now, when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Next key, worship through it all. Worship through it all. See, because she wasn't worshiping Elisha in that moment. What she was doing is she was like Mary in that moment, falling and surrendering at the feet of Jesus. She was falling at the feet of Jesus in that moment saying, God, if you promise me this, because it came through the man of God. Do you understand what's happening here? In the Old Testament, they did not have Holy Spirit as the people. Holy Spirit fell on specific men and women of God. So their only access point to God was through the man of God. That's an antitype of Jesus. Do you guys understand? 
Like this literally, she fell at the feet of Jesus in that moment and she began to worship. But on the path to get to where she was worshiping, she didn't lie. She stayed in faith and everyone around her that would have sulked with her instead of brought a solution to the death, she said, it is well. She didn't let pity, traditions of men, or logic and reasoning come in to steal away the resurrection that was going about to, about to come. What she did is stay in faith the whole way, fell at his feet, worshiped God, and in that moment, now the answer was going to come. Do you guys see this? So, it is well understood if caught him at the feet. But the man of God said, let her alone for her soul is in deep distress and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Next key is what Paul gave to Timothy. Wage warfare with the promise, the prophetic word that was spoken. Wage warfare. Wage warfare. These, by the way, these are not in chronological order. These are all keys that you can attribute in your life that if God promised you something, you could take that to the bank. She basically told Elisha in that moment, didn't I say, don't give it to me. So what she's doing is she's waging warfare. Since you did speak and I conceived and had the promise, therefore something has to change because I didn't want this in the first place. So if you brought it, I'm keeping it. Does that sound scriptural? Every door that you open, you're going to have to keep open. But every, God, every door that God opens, he's going to keep open. And no man can shut it in Jesus' name. So who opened the door for the Shunammite woman? God did. God came and got her her blessing. She didn't, she didn't try and get it through striving or through, oh, man, if I could just have a son, then everything's going to be all right. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm trying to show you is that she waged warfare based on what God did out of his desire for her to be blessed. So you better believe you can wage warfare on that promise. The devil's not stealing this, son. I'm seeing the promise, and I'm going to see the fulfillment of the harvest on it in Jesus' name. So then Elisha says to Gehazi, get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand. If you meet anyone, do not greet him, and if anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Uh, next key, stay in his presence do not come out of it stay there don't come out of it stay in his presence and that's going to look different for where you're at in life but i think you guys get it stay in his presence don't let anything else take you out now gehazi went on ahead of them and laid his staff on the face of the child but there was neither voice nor hearing therefore he went back to meet him and told him saying the child was not awakened when elisha came into the house there was the child laying dead on his bed he went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. Uh, the, the key that I'll say for this is do not lose hope once you've done everything Holy Spirit told you to do that it doesn't revive. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. So the servant went. Through the word of Elisha, he sent Gehazi. He did what he told him, but the child didn't revive. So when you hear a bad report, don't listen to the bad report. Keep your faith on the report from heaven. Amen. In Jesus' name. So that key is listen to the right things. Listen to faith. If it doesn't sound like faith, get it out. In Jesus' name. 
A child is not awakened. Then when Elijah came into the house, the child was laying. He stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed seven times. This child had the anointing of Anton. If you've ever been around Anton when he gets a little, uh, a little uh, allergic reaction, homeboy goes on a sneeze fest like I've never seen before. So I think, I think Anton is literally the manifestation of the Shunammite woman's son. <laughs> He's the reincarnation of the Shunammite woman's son. You are the promise, Anton. Hallelujah. <laughs> so he started sneezing, and he sneezed, uh, where am I at? Seven times, and the child opened his eyes, and he called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite woman. So he called her, and when she came into him, he said, pick up your son. So she went in, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. And if you want to add a last key to it, don't sit in the house. Get up and go with your promise once it's, a, once it's arisen. Amen? Once the promise is resurrected, get up and go. That's going to be the last key. Get up and go once it's resurrected. So <clears throat> I'm going to end with that. I hope that blesses you. I hope this encourages somebody. I feel like that this little story, if I could say it like that, in the Old Testament is to show you that through the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus now refers to us as sons of God. Amen? So if we are now sons of God, what we need to look through is not how to see all this happen through Elisha. We need to look back on the story of Elisha and see how we are now not just the Shunammite woman, but we are the man of God that is called to carry this resurrection power into not only our promises, but into other people's promises in their lives as well. Amen? So we need to see the fulfillment of not just believing from the old way, of, okay, this is how I see something that might have died, come back to life, but we also need to see it through the eyes of the Father and through the Holy Spirit because now we are kings and priests unto the Lord. And the, and the Bible is literally telling us, go, Preach the gospel, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils. So it is now our job not only to believe for our own promises, but to release resurrection life into others as well. Amen? Come on, let's stand on our feet. I know we went quite a bit today, but hopefully you're not too mad at me and you got something out of it in Jesus' name. Father, we pray right now, God, that every single promise that you have given, every single thing that you have said, every single thing, Father, that you have released in our lives, whether it be currently alive or whether it be currently dormant and dead, we speak fresh resurrection life to it right now in the name of Jesus, God. We pray that faith and hope would arise in hearts, God, and every single thing that the enemy has tried to steal, kill, and destroy would be completely resurrected in our life, Father, not just in later years, but today in the name of Jesus, God. I pray, Father, resurrection power, resurrection life over dreams, over ministries, over businesses, over relationships, God, right now, God. I pray, Father, that every single promise that is represented in this room or to anybody releasing faith for it right now, God, I pray that resurrection life and power would be released right now in Jesus' name, God. And we would see not only the promise as it was born, Father, but we would see the fulfillment fulfillment of the harvest of those promises in our destiny, all to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, shout amen. amen. Hallelujah.